Leaders, 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 welcome once again to the Speak Fire Studios. I'm your host as always, Michael Gingras, and this is Leadership Fire. Today we are going to dive in, today we are going to dig in, today we are going to tune in to part two of the Speak Fire Fireside Round Table, where we are tackling some of the biggest issues going on right now in the media. I need you guys to tune in, to listen, to hear these voices, these opinions, these 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 heartfelt words from honest friends and partners in business and collaborators and coaches, teachers, mentors. I mean, we come together with honesty and love for each other, and you guys get to eavesdrop in on that, and it is a fantastic episode. You're going to love it. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Fireside. The Fireside Roundtable. Let's get fired up. Welcome to the Fireside. It's coming. Sean B. It's Aisha Thomas. Jody Cedric, Bobby Bird, Michael Gingras, Neil Legend. <laughs> we are Speakfire. And this is the Fireside Round Table. Round Table? <laughs> you going to laugh at that one. <laughs> you know, earlier in the week, I, I had the great opportunity to be on a panel similar to this with Sean Hart. And... A question was asked by Nate Furlong that is really, really kind of stuck in my head. And he said, look, he goes, ever since Trayvon Martin, I've been trying to understand and ask the right questions as a white man so that I can understand what my my African-American brothers and sisters are going through. He goes, but the challenge is, is when I've asked the questions, it has either seemed insensitive or or I'm viewed as a racist because I'm asking it in, and I'm not intending to, to ask it in the wrong way, but it, it comes across bad. And so he goes, I've, I've almost gotten to the point where until now, where I've kind of given up because I can't get the experience. I can't get the answers that I've been seeking. So how do you, how do you bridge that gap when you're trying to have the dialogue, but you're coming across wrong? But your the intent of your heart is going. I'm really trying to understand so that I can be the difference. So that's kind of a. I'll I say this. I, I, that because, uh, yeah, yeah. I gotta. I say honestly, you probably have to ask the right person. You know, it's really the right person who have the right understanding. Because honestly, if you just asking your neighbor, your coworker that's just mostly the average person of the day and if they're going to respond saying that you're a racist or or insensitive or something like that then they really i believe they don't have the right answer anyway because they should use that time for a teaching moment they should use that time to open the conversation to understand because at the end of the day we all have questions just like how a white person have a question african-american black men we have questions too and we want to ask them questions so it has to be open dialogue across the board and i would just say this and i'll throw it to somebody else is when you have the conversation when you ask the questions have the conversation and the converse have the conversation with with uh Ear, with your ears open looking to understand the other person and not to respond in defense of what they just said 
You have to have the conversation. You both have to be understanding to the other person's point of view to even just move forward to the next step. I just, Michael. I just want to kind of chime in on on what Neil is saying that there are lots of sub sensitive subjects in our lives, whether it's race, sexuality, and there are times that maybe we we have a, an honest question, right? Like, hey, I'm really curious about this thing that I don't know. And it's the media doesn't quite give me that answer, right? Because that's where most of us will learn things that we don't have connection to. And we just have to find a way to find somebody in our lives who wants to have that conversation with us. So I'm a white man. That's obvious. But I'm sitting here with my my great friends and I could call any one of them and ask a question, right? So there are lots of things that are out there whether it's it's in your head and you're like, hey, I just wonder, you don't just ask your coworker because that, yeah, it's kind of wrong. You don't just ask your neighbor. That's kind of wrong. You got to go to somebody who you have a relationship with and say, Aisha, like, don't get me wrong. You know, I love you, but could you help me? And she's going to help me because she knows I'm coming from a genuine place. If I just walk up to a coworker and say, hey, tell me about this. Well, that, that almost feels attacking. It almost feels yeah. like I'm about to mock you with whatever you're going to say. So you need to go to someone who understands your heart before you exit your thought from your mouth. I, I and think I think what you're, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I said, go ahead, please. No, I was saying what you guys are saying is so true is about building relationships. And do you have those relationships? I actually had a coworker that I work with at my organization and I sent out an email because I know that my organization is um, mainly, you know, Caucasian because of, you know, of the, just the space I'm in. So as a, I'm a master resiliency trainer. So I talk about readiness and I talk about having self-care and just having that overall um, resiliency. So I sent a message about empathy what it is, how to build it. And she responded and she told me that she attempted, she did that just that. She went into a space, was like, hey guys, how can I, she was open and ready to learn and they kind of just shunned her. And I felt so bad for her um, because she's she's been very open. Me and her have been on trips together. You know, we've been in this organization for some time. And I was like, I'm sorry you dealt with that. I know from the interactions we had, it's been fine. But me and her had a relationship. We had some type of connection. And that's why it's so important that you are building relationships. Because if you are talking to a random coworker, you don't even, you haven't even built rapport with, you might get the response. And the reality is you might get a response from people who you do know that are upset. And maybe it's not the right time. But I don't want you to give up there. So don't give up if somebody says no. Ask someone else. I actually responded to her and I gave her five Netflix. Uh, I sent her a couple movies to watch, like um, When They See Us. Um, watch a couple yeah. movies. Watch, you know, some of, right now, um, um, what's it? Mercy, Just Mercy is available free on Amazon. Watch that. Also watch the thir 13th. Watch these and then let's have a conversation because she's like, I want to talk. I want to talk. I was like, great. Go watch this first. Get these perspectives. Then let's have a conversation. So, yes, you might be hit with someone that's not interested, but there's so many. I mean, Amazon has a whole part where it's nothing but documentaries, things you can do to educate yourself. But I love what you guys are saying about building those relationships because a lot of us aren't, we're in these bubbles and sometimes our communities or our bubbles are just people that look like us. But sometimes it is good to kind of step outside the box, read a book about 
a, read a book from someone who doesn't look like you. Connect with a coworker that might be different than what you are used to and really build those relationships. So when it is time to have those conversations, you're not just saying, hey, Bob, let's have this conversation, but you ain't Bob, ain't, y'all ain't like that. You know, so make sure you're building relationships because I think by building relationships would also allow you to de develop the empathy to utilize those active listening skills to really listen to what the person says. But do not try to have conversations with people you haven't even took time to connect with in the beginning. Start there. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the power of that is so important is trying to really, really connect. And I've shared this with Sean and I share uh, Sean Brassfield and also with Sean Hart, you know, you know, I never until my Haitian son got his driver's license. I never feared for any of my kids being pulled over by a police officer. Never, ever. I never had experienced that kind of worry and concern and fear. But the moment my son was late one night, I'm like, Oh crud, did he get pulled over? And I'm like, you know, the, the wrong day where he's frustrated, he's, you know, discouraged, he's feeling like he's not loved and he's in a dark place and he gets pulled over by the wrong cop with the wrong attitude. And we're having a horrible story. I had never, ever, ever felt like that. And I think that, you know, it was very eye opening to me to go, you know what, you know, now I have a very small taste of what my brothers Sean and Neil and and Sean Hart and other men are experiencing every time they get pulled over they shouldn't have that kind of fear nobody should have that kind of fear of people that are supposed to protect and serve and and love them and and protect their communities and and so I love that you said you know watch some of these shows and then go to a trusted friend that you have a relationship and be able to have an open dialogue because when you start to connect and understand with the true heart for change then we in our circle can be the change that we want to see in the world and lead that change outward and that to have it ripple across multiple you know people and 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 communities Right. I think so, that's what we were. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just alluding to that's what kind of we were talking about uh, a few days ago uh, when when you and I were were talking, which kind of alludes back to what Aisha was saying when I was like, when we were agreed to like let's do some research. Like when people say, "Hey, I I, I want to know, I want to understand," and it's like, okay, well, before you just come at me and in in your inquiry, try to do some research and reading yourself first, like. Like, you like, watch some of the documentaries, read a couple books, uh, and then after that, because like, like you were saying, you could do the, the book work or, like, the research on different things, but then the experience part is, is the part that some people lack. Okay, you can, I can see all that. I can do the book work. I can read. But then after that, then let me come to uh, people who are, who are outside of my circle, my normal circle, and let me ask them then, because then I'll be coming to the table with some kind of prior information as to the history of what people have been experiencing, then I can kind of further, you know, understand and ask the right questions and get the right information. Because one of the things that have bothered me was like when some people come at me and I'm like asking their questions, they want to know, I'm like, I get it. But it's like, what have you done first to kind of educate yourself? Because whenever there's anything out there, if you want to learn a new language, if you want to, uh, learn and to be a better cook there 
their books and resources and all that stuff like that out there. You can read those things first, then kind of get into the kitchen and hands on, get the experience. And then like, so I'm like, first kind of do that part and then come and have that conversation with me. Cause then you'll be able to kind of have an idea of what's gone on and what we experienced. Then you can say, okay, Hey, I understand I, I did this and, but like, here's some more questions because I got to a point where I got fl flustered and tired of like teaching my, my pe people who I know, who I'm familiar with, uh, who are, you know, Caucasian and they're like one to know. And it's like, after a while, it's like, you just kind of get burned out. And I guess I can't really frame it and articulate it the way I'm the way I want to, but it's like after a while, you're like, look, can you at least try to do some footwork on it first before you know you ask me, and then we kind of rock because I'd I'd I can come to the table discussion more open that way than just you know just popping off with a question and stuff like that, and you hadn't done any kind of uh, you know prior work, I guess. So, so yeah, so don't make the go ahead, Cornelius. Go hey, ahead. No, it's it's just, it's just a question. I was gonna ask so. When you actually encounter that person who has the questions but do not want to put in the work to study, how do you respond to that? And that's anybody can answer that. I would give them the tools. Like I said, I, you know, I gave them the tools and gave them some, you know, I, I've just really been into documentaries. So I was like, hey, watch the Innocent fi Innocence Files, watch Just Mercy, watch 13th, When They See Us, which is a true story, because I always wanted to attach it to true stories. Watch these items, utilize these resources. Also with social media, with YouTube, you can actually, there are people that can sit and watch this conversation here and get some background and get some ideas of what to tap into, but do that first because you don't want your African American person in your workspace to be now the the um I call like the black mascot. Mm. Now right. anything Close related, person. no seriously, <laughs> anything related to diversity, let's right. give it to Sean. Hey Sean, let's ask Sean the question. Right. Hey Sean, what's going on, Sean? Right. And I mm -hmm. love that because I learned that from one of the leaders in my organization. She told one someone in our leadership, hey, don't turn me into the mascot. I don't want to be the person having to ask these diversity questions. You ask the question as the Caucasian gentleman. You be the person to take lead because they're going to expect it from me. They're going to expect me to ask, hey, what do you think about diversity? What do you think about, um, you know, inclusion? So you be the person. Don't have that person turn into the mascot. Do the research yourself and then yourself can be like, okay, I understand now. I yeah. might have an idea of what I can do, what to take action with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. So more so, I, I do have some Caucasian friends and a lot of them asking questions. And then, you know, they go away a day and then they come back another day, ask questions, but yet and still they haven't put in the work since the first time we talked. So like, how do I continue to respond when I'm knowing that you're not even taking serious what I have given you the first time? That's really my question. How do I continue to respond um, after they not, after I'm seeing they're not putting in the work to even learn? You know, there's something that, that's really hitting me, and it's, it's kind of a combination of two insights that I've received recently. One was Sean, Sean actually shared, you know, it's like my skin shouldn't be a weapon, right? But yet every day I can't change my skin color. And I wonder if there is in some ways, and I'm really kind of thinking through this as I've been having different conversations, I think racism is on 
African-American hearts and minds all the time. So it's almost a cultural thing of going, why do I have to fight against my skin? Why do I have to fight who I am? Whereas we as white Americans, we don't even think about it. And so when we're going, look, help me understand, help me create a bridge, what can I do? It's coming from a place of where it's not always on our mind, but now it's in our face. And we're going, whoa, there's a real, there's a real problem here. My brothers who I love, they're, they're facing something that I'm not facing every single day. So how can I, it's almost a cultural difference that, that we need to figure out how we become one culture instead of multiple, but yet still embrace the diversity and uniqueness and the beauty of each one of us. And so I think that's part of the challenge that we're facing as I think, and I'm kind of thinking at it dynamically here. It's like, you know, how do we bridge that gap so that, because every one of our, it's like Sean said, he goes, I hate it when people say, I don't see color, right? Because they're dismissing my experience as a black man. And, but when a white guy says that, what they're really trying to say is I don't judge on color. I see you but they don't have the reference of going, I don't understand everything you've gone through. And so I'm trying to connect, but I'm, I'm failing because I haven't had similar experiences and I'm trying to do, so how do we bridge that gap? Um, I want you to, I want everyone to take a look at what Jody just did. So you started off saying, I don't see color. Cool. We've all heard that. We've all seen the phrase. We've all seen the comments where everyone goes crazy bashing it because of, you know, it's just, it's just missive. But in, this, in a span of 30 seconds, you were able to work out what you were trying to say. You were able to put to words the exact phrase that you wanted to actually convey. And too often do people do that where they'll say something and all of a sudden someone jumps down their throat and they're like, Hey, you can't say that. That's wrong. Blah. Because we're already ready for a fight. Whenever we have these uncomfortable, these uncomfortable conversations, people don't want on average, they don't really want to understand. They want to beat the other person's point into submission. And it's frustrating. It's very frustrating because we don't give that other person the time to get their full thought out. And this is something my wife and I do all the time. If we're having a, a disagreement on something, I don't oftentimes say what I'm thinking. Like I'll say what I, what I think gets my point across. And then a couple seconds later, she's like, I, I have no idea what you're trying to say. Even if I wanted to understand it, I have no idea what you're trying to say. So we have this thing now where when I say something, she'll just let me talk for however long it takes to get the full thought out. And finally, when I think I've said what I need to say, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Cool. That's what I'm trying to say. But a lot of times where I think it's also on the other side for people to say, what are you really asking that person? Because, you know, you, you have that other side of it. Like, well, you might not be racist, but what have you seen that you have not said anything about? What jokes has your friends made that you didn't say anything about? Maybe you're, you really want them to take action, and now that's what you need to express. Because a lot of times what's happening is that person is defending themselves, but they're not looking at the systematic. They're not seeing the big picture. They're not seeing in their neighborhood 
that, hey, right around the corner, right around the block is a whole nother area, but it's a whole hood and no, nothing ever clicked to you to be like, why when I turn down this street, all of a sudden it's like ghetto, quote unquote, right? So sometimes I think people do start off with defending themselves, but sometimes the person on the other side is saying, I need you to see the systematic issue and the issue about the neighborhood that you live in and the issue with the people you hang around or your leadership team being maybe one race or look at the big picture. And I think that's the other side of it. When you are trying to uh, pitch this idea that I don't see color, I don't see race, think about the aspect of, am I defending just myself? Do I need to listen to more of the bigger picture? And I think that's the other side of it too. We need to look at the bigger picture of it instead of you saying, I'm not a racist. I'm not a, but then again, on the other side of the person that's like on the fence, take time and let the person get it out and then explain to them, this is the kind of action I need from you or I would like from you. And also this is what I want. This is the kind of perspective I'm trying to have you see. Yeah. And, and I would just agree a thousand percent with what everybody just said, because what we're doing now is exactly how conversation should go. You know, we're not overly cutting nobody off. Everybody, we getting everything out that we want to get out. And that that's where positive communication happen is hearing the other person. I always tell everybody in conversation, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You need to listen more and do a little bit less talking. And I believe if you build the, the conversation with listening first and, and understanding, man, look, it, we, we've been on this conversation for a whole hour and we done got a lot accomplished just by listening to everybody and responding. And now I will leave this conversation understanding all of your point of views are a whole lot more just because I listened more than spoke more. Yeah, so is there anything that maybe we might wanna reemphasize just in case, because this, I think this conversation is so incredible and it's so needed. I mean, I've been getting messages, you know, on my phone and it's like, oh man, I mean, my messages are making me think of things too, you know, while yeah. we're having this conversation. So I know it's important. I know it's weighing heavy on, on people's hearts. So is there something that maybe we need to recapture that we don't want to lose? Can, can I say this yeah. to Mike? Mike, I, I would love to hear this from Mike and Asha. She touched on this earlier. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that we haven't really touched on is, is the higher education. And I really think like retraining your mind and retraining your habits, um, that is going to help a lot. We cannot ask for change if we're going to stay the same. And I just was wanting to hear from, from Mike. Leadership fire. So I want to hear from him and I want to hear, hear from Asha on that one. Yeah, and I, I think the the, um, it's an interesting thought. You know, the, the concept of higher education, um, I don't know that that's, that's where I'm going to look at it. You know, your, your, your college degree, associates, bachelor's, doctorates, I don't think that's so much on the table, but it's your, your cultural degree that you give yourself. It's, it's that diversity degree that you give yourself that will that will really make that difference. So we always have to be curious. And man, I hope anybody that's listening to this this round table or that listens to any of our shows, I know they're book readers and, and like I believe Aisha said earlier, reading books that are a little outside of your your wheelhouse from people that don't look like you, people who don't think like you. But really you'll learn the most, right? Just by being in spaces with people that are different than you. By by being 
And, and like, if you ever go to New York City, downtown New York City, I mean, it is incredibly diverse. You are blessed if you get to live in a, in a life like that, because then you'll see French, Italian, Indian, white, African-American, you name it, everybody's together at one, and you're just living together. So instead of higher education, give yourself a better cultural education. Um, and I'm not talking about going eating Thai food. That doesn't count. <laughs> you know, you got to get in better spaces. You got to challenge yourself to be in community. Like we talked about, how do I ask those tough questions? You ask those tough questions for people that you're in community with. I can call Bobby, Aisha, Sean, Cornelius. I can call any of you guys and ask any question at all. I feel safe asking that question because you'll know my heart's in the right place. So if we want to get better, we need to be challenge ourselves with what we're doing with our our community and who we surround ourselves with i you love know, that i love that get that cultural degree like let's go i love that and that 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 insight because i know what when i was uh studying spanish at the university i was kind of really struggling with the language and my brother, who is very fluent in French, he said, Jody, why don't you go read children's books in Spanish? And dude, I spent a year reading out loud every single day for 30 minutes a Spanish book. And it, it exploded my understanding and my insight and my ability to communicate in Spanish because I got entrenched in the culture of a kid. I mean, what, think about that. If we could truly have childlike hearts and really talk to each other and love each other and see the beauty in each other, we wouldn't be having these conversations about George Floyd and, and other black men and women that have, been, that, that have been abused and killed. And we need to start with changing our heart. So in final wrap up, because we've been going an hour now, Let's go round table. And what is one thing that you think an individual can do to make a difference? And maybe it's just starting with yourself. Aisha, let's go with you and we'll go around the circle. Um, yeah, so like I was sharing before, just to reiterate, going through that process and become self-aware of your, what I call the discrimination cycle. Do you have certain stereotypes that you need to unlearn? Is it from your family that taught you certain things? Friends, maybe you recognize that you don't really live in a diverse area. Maybe you start to realize like, oh my goodness, there might be some things, you know, within my neighborhood that I never really paid attention to that I pay, pay attention to now. So self-awareness is key so unlearn those stereotypes and learn the right kind of information based off of the world we live in which is very diverse next thing check your unconscious bias again those stereotypes are fueling your unconscious bias and now it's affecting your behaviors and now you might not realize that you are punishing african-american um maybe members within your organization differently than the others now you're saying it's us and them like i don't want to live in this neighborhood with these kind of people where did you learn that behavior so make sure you become self-aware once you become self-aware now you can go to what michael was talking about and get that cultural degree because now you're going to say i'm going to expand my thinking so i can grow beyond the small level of thinking that i had before and get entrenched in that culture so i can now practice empathy and active listening. Neil? 
yeah, I'm just doubling down with what she just said. Honestly, high, higher learning, you know, and yes, I'm not speaking about going to college or, you know, getting a degree, no, higher learning, um, educating yourself on whatever it is that you want to talk about, educating yourself on history, educating yourself on, on shoot, your neighborhood. I never try to make myself a part of anything if I don't read or do any research about it first. So educate your, that's basically it. Educate, educate. That's basically it. That what 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 Asha said, and, and educating yourself. That's all I have for you. Okay, Sean. Man, uh, I agree with everybody, uh, and I'll add my little nickels worth in what I was just say. We live in an age right now where ignorance should not be an excuse. Resources everywhere at our fingertips, literally our devices, our phones, our computers, whatever, and people. And once you check your your own like your own biases, once you work on self internally, then you can go outside and and, and affect the change. But the change has to come from within first. So yeah, definitely agree with that. My boy Bobby. So with all these conversations going on, with all of these various opinions that people are having. It's uncomfortable. I've had conversations with people where even I'm like, I don't really want to talk about this right now. Sit in it. Be comfortable being that uncomfortable because we've all done this where you say, oh, I want to go to the, I want to get back in the gym. I want to get back in shape. Where do you say that from? The couch while you're watching Netflix, while you're right. You never have someone say that when they're hiking a mountain going, man, I, I really need to get back in the gym and mean it. Get comfortable being that uncomfortable because that is the place where your change is going to start. Mr. Leadership Fire, Michael. So I'm going to circle back, but before I do that, I want to, we, we, we didn't touch on it a little. I should got there, but empathy. You need to challenge yourself when you don't understand a situation or you don't understand where somebody's coming from to see the world from their point of view. And, and that, we spend too much time in our own bubble and not enough time trying to understand um, what everybody else is doing. Again, if you have that cultural degree, you can reach over and ask your, your brothers and sisters to help you understand. But a lot of people don't have that, right? When, when Jody was talking about being from Idaho, the, the white bread community, they don't have as much diversity. So they need in those situations where you might not be able to build that culture degree, it's challenging yourself to have that empathy. When we see somebody fall down and get hurt, we now have empathy because we have fallen and gotten hurt. When you see something on the news or on TV, that may take a deeper level of challenge for you to try to step into those shoes, depending on where you're at and your growth, like Neil talks about. So I, I want to just throw that out there. And then I'm going to come right back to where I started. It's about peer pressure and standing up and being the man or woman you want the world to see you as. You know, we don't consider peer pressure uh, as deeply as we should, but we all saw that video where the, the cops were walking down the street and the old man came up to him. They pushed him down. And the guy right next to the guy that pushed him tried to help the old man. And the guy that pushed the grabbed him and said, no, we're going to keep going. That's peer pressure. And that's about being able to stand up and say, no, buddy, I'm going to help this old man that just fell, right? And how many people behind those two cops? There's another six cops kept marching right past that old man bleeding on the ground. You can see the blood from the minute he hits the ground. And it wasn't until we had an, uh, um, 
National Guard stop. He's like, yeah, I'm going to help this guy, right? Because they have a different level of integrity and a different level of training that, that said that person needs help. I'm helping, right? So I'm just going to say you've got to continue to stand up in our own – In our, we have to got to stand it up in our own lives. Got all tongue-tied because I got passionate there. We've got to stand up in our own lives. And your coworkers may try to stop you. They may tell that joke that's just a little off color. No, that ain't right, and I don't want to hear it. We've got to stand up with our family and our friends. We've got to change it because if they think it's, this is a safe room to tell that joke, it's not. If they think it's a safe room to do that thing, it's not. So stand up against peer pressure. I, I wish I had a more eloquent way to say that, but, and then empathy. And Jody, I have one more thing. I'm sorry. I just, one more no. thing. No. Keep the same energy with the Me Too movement. Keep the same energy when it comes to migration. Keep the same energy because, yes, right now we're talking about, and again, right now it's about this elephant in the room, which is probably, you know, I know we talk about the example of, hey, if a neighborhood is on fire and we're talking about all lives matter, but that, that one, that, that house is on fire. That needs immediate attention. That is the number one priority right now to really work on this discrimination, the, the, this systematic issue we have. And as we transition and start working on um, um, better ways to really start make sure the system, system is broken down and built up, keep that same energy when something else comes around and you aren't as educated on it. Because again, I have seen scopes of some being a sexual abuse survivor, being someone, again, that's an immigrant, being someone that um, has had all these experiences. And I want to make sure we're having the same type of dialogue in these situations, because as a woman, I have not had these, had, I have never seen this type of conversation happen when you have the Me Too movement and sexual abuse and sexual violence on the front street. I haven't. So keep that same energy. But again, right now, the fire, the building that is on fire is the fire of racial discrimination. And that needs to be the top priority. All right, I'm done now. No, I, I love it. I, I'm just so honored to be a part of, you know, this community, to be part of the Speak Fire family. I mean, I mean, if you look at the screen, this is what Martin Luther King envisioned. Men and women walking side by side, loving each other, respecting each other, hearing each other, trying to motivate change and, and having that extend to our families and, and across our communities. And, you know, it's, I think about, you know, I go back to, we have to be the change that we want to see in the world. And when we can become that change, then change is easier, especially, especially when we're willing to be the voice for change. And I think about, you know, I, I made a TikTok post earlier in the week and, and I used the hashtag one race and somebody countered to me and said, Hey, Jody, yeah, that's cool. But I love the diversity and I, I love the uniqueness. And it really made me think about a rainbow. A rainbow is comprised of seven unique, beautiful colors with depth and character, but they don't stand alone unified and together they make a rainbow which is one of the most beautiful symbols in our world a symbol that should be of unity and 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 of love and i just want to thank every single one of you guys for being a part of my life and i would invite every single one of you that are listening go check out the podcast we got aisha thomas with internal fire we got Neil Legend with Champion Fire. We got Sean Brassfield with Young Fire. Bobby Berg with Student Fire. And Michael Gingrass with Leadership Fire. And I host 
Father's Fire. We really are here to ignite the fire within you to help you be the best people you can. So please comment, share this, join us on our podcast, and let's all create the change that we want to see in the world and be that change. So you guys have a fantastic Sunday, and we'll check you next time.